Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1796. Be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today I'm in Louisville, Kentucky. Well, I hope I'm saying that right. With a very special guest by the name of Tracy Powell. Hey, Tracy, welcome to Cars Yeah. Do you have it in gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? Hey, Mark, how you doing? Yeah, this is great. Great, wonderful to be on your program here, your podcast. Can't wait to uh, to share some things, and uh, really appreciate the opportunity. Well, we're going to have some fun for sure. Now, before I give you a proper introduction and we dive into your life, what's one little thing most people don't know about you, Tracy? I'm going to tell you two, okay? Oh, cool. They're both little little things. My first book that I uh, wrote and published uh, was How to Open Your Own Pizza Place. And so it was called Getting Your Slice of the Pie. <laughs> I love the title. We Thank you. We shared um, a little bit about uh, before we started this uh this recording uh, about uh, I've worked at Pizza Hut for a while, managed Pizza Hut, and uh, at the end of that, I ended up writing my first book. Uh, so we're talking 1999, and it's still selling on Amazon, believe it or not. Wow. Very outdated. So yeah, that was my first book was How to Open Your Own Pizza Place. And then the second little tidbit is that my I have an uncle. Uh, he's now deceased, but his name uh, was Diz Wilson. Diz is a cool the name. Car. <laughs> Isn't that cool? Yeah. Uh, Diz was in the sprint, is in the sprint car hall of fame. Uh, he employed, uh, people on the dirt track back when the racers, the drivers cut their teeth on dirt tracks. And so he came up from that all the way up through the Indy 500 up in Indy. So he was an engine builder, had his own team and yeah, he's in the sprint car hall of fame. Diz Wilson, he had AJ Foyt that drove for him and, uh, uh, Johnny Rutherford and a few others. So that was my uncle. That is very cool. I like that. Mm-hmm. Got some uh, famous relations there. So some yeah. pe- some petrol flowing through the uh, the veins, as they say. <laughs> well, let me give you a yeah. proper introduction here, and we'll dive into your world. Tracy Powell is a veteran journalist with more than 20 years worth of writing, editing, and project management in a variety of industries, including automotive, with more than 500 articles that have been published. These days, he operates his own publishing business, Powell House Creative Services, that involves ghostwriting and book production. One of his current projects is writing a book on Chuck Jordan, GM's fourth vice president of design. That sounds fascinating. He was a managing editor at Automobile Quarterly for neither twelve for nearly twelve years, and author of two books in the field. He contributed to and oversaw the production of a number of books while at AQ. By the way, I used to subscribe to that. I was so sad when it went away. Including mm-hmm. Cadillac at a hundred, Legacy of Leadership, The Buick, A Complete History, GTO, The Legend Returns, and AFAS, one of my favorite groups, a celebration of automotive art. We'll be back in a minute to talk to Tracy, but first a word from our sponsors. So give them a little listen, give them a little love. They're the reason we're here, and we will be right back. The best way to protect and preserve your vehicles, along with the meanings and memories and experience that they give you, is with a quality-made, custom-fit car cover from my friends at Covercraft. I purchased my first Covercraft cover from my 1967 Gia way back when I was in high school 
in 1975. At Covercraft.com, you'll find a multitude of indoor options, including form fit, fleece satin, and their very unique view shield. That's right, you can see your car right through the cover. But it's the sun that you really need to worry about. Quality outdoor options include Weather Shield HD and HP, Sunbrella, Reflect, Carhartt, Evolution, and NOAA. Covercraft protects cars, trucks, motorcycles, RVs, trailers, and watercraft too. Your cover is custom tailored for your special vehicles and manufactured with the quality and attention to detail that's been their standard since 1965. And I've got a great deal for you. If you use the code YA21 at covercraft.com, they'll give you 10% off compliments of cars. Yeah, that's right. 10% off. Simply use the code YA21, Y-E-A-H-21 at checkout. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. Last year, I changed my collector car coverage to American Collectors Insurance. That's who now protects my Porsche Turbo, the one I call my Orange Crush. But did you know they also insure your valuable collections of automobilia and other collectibles? If you're like me, you've invested in a lot of cool collectibles over the years. Those items are valuable. And if you were to lose them in a theft or a fire, well, try to get your normal homeowner's insurance to pay you what they're worth. Good luck with that. American Collectors Insurance provides you with assurance and confidence that your collectibles are fully covered. They insure a lot of items, including automobilia, wine, baseball cards, books, figurines, die-cast models, model trains, glassware, sports memorabilia, toys, and a whole lot more. American Collectors Insurance, they've been protecting us enthusiasts since 1976. They provide you with an agreed value insurance policy backed by a long history of taking care of their clients. Give them a call today for your personal agreed value quote at 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. Tell them you're a friend of mine, Mark Rains here at Cars Yeah. American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. Automotive enthusiasts just like you and me. That's American Collectors Insurance. All right, Tracy, we're back. So let's go a little deeper into the corner about your life. I'd like you to share more about your career, your business, your role, and what you're doing today. It's a nice way to get those inspirational tires smoking a little bit here on Cars. Yeah, so grab the wheel. Well, great. Thanks so much again. And I just want to say it's good to backtrack because I've had a pretty diversified career in writing and editing and in and, and, uh in the whole process. Right now, uh, these days, I operate my own business, like you said, Powerhouse Creative Services. Basically, I offer writing, uh, ghostwriting services and editing. And co- I also do complete book production services for those people looking to publish their stories. Cool. And that might be self-publishing. I might be going through the traditional publishing route, what have you. I assist them all the way through, uh, kind of hold their hand through it and take the mystery out of it. And whether that be a, a personal history, self-help, and so forth, I've done so many other types of topics and subjects. Um, but uh, my subject matters include, have included uh, biographies of, of World War II veterans, some lesser-known outlaws in our country. Very interesting. Um, a local sports hero here recently and some survivors of all sorts of things. So it's just, it's just uh, yeah, there's a lot of different subject matter that goes on and on. So I've been doing that for the past few years. Cool. You know, I've had a lot of people tell me I should write a book from all the stories I've heard from all the people I've interviewed. And <laughs> I'd like to do that someday, but I sure. I go, oh my gosh, no thanks. That's so daunting. How would I even begin? There's a lot of people that are self 
publish these days are people that go to book publishers and they sign up things. And unless they sell millions of books, it ends up being not that lucrative uh, financially from most of the ones I've talked to. They just do it more as a project of, of the heart and the mind that they want to get something right. out there. Yeah. So um, if somebody wanted to write a book, let's dive into this a little deeper. What are some things you would advise them on? Well, first of all, it's I tell them that technology has come a long way. And I have been able to experience a lot of that technology over the years as it's evolved. So I've been able to learn how to do page layouts. I've learned the whole process for uh, in publishing because I've been in it for so long, 20 plus years. And I've learned how to um, basically take someone's idea and get it onto the page. And that's where the ghostwriting comes in because mm-hmm. a lot of people just they don't want to write or they can write, but just limited. So I, I, I get different levels of material. It can be someone that's already started writing their book, but they've stopped and they've started it again. They've stopped, started again. So I get a lot of, a lot of that as well. So it's a lot of, uh, a lot of puzzle work, but what I come in and do for these folks is that uh, it, it can seem daunting and it is daunting when you, because you don't know you take So what I do is I take the mystery out of it. And I tell them, okay, here's the process. So I give them a, a process flow map, basically. And I tell them, here's how it works. And uh, a lot of it is recording, much as what we're doing now with the, your podcast. And I go and I transcribe those interviews. I just come up with a story. And, and I, I think it helped when I first started, when I first did that first book, I realized that, boy, you know, all I have to do is get the people's story down get it recorded with, and that's obviously transcribing in the interviews and so forth. That's the information. So you learn how to interview well. And when you interview well, it basically writes the story itself. I learned that with the magazine writing as, as well as newspapers, which is back then was straight news. So you would get the facts and you just put that down. That was the story. So from there, it's uh, then what? Okay, you've got the draft of the story. Now what? Now how do I publish a book? And that is where I come into where I got skills to where um, I use my software and I lay out the pages and uh, help with cover design. I have a pretty good network of folks that are graphic artists and they will uh, they'll help with cover design, make it look nice and sexy and um, something that's really going to jump off the shelf for for the topic. And but like you say, uh, it, it thing, it, it's not so many of these books are more of um, this is this in their heart and they want to get it out. It might be about these biographies of these uh, these these World War II vets, for you know, for example, they don't want to make any money off this necessarily. They just want to get the story out. Mm-hmm. And when, once it's in book form, it's kind of this eternal story. Right. And mm-hmm. And that's what they can share with family, share with friends, and it's passed down, um, you know, generation after generation. So it's uh, it's in, once it's in book form, it's just a really good feeling to help people do that, and that's what I do. I love it. Well, now I know I've got a guy to come to, and I'm ready to make my book. You can make it. There you make, go. Make it easier I'll, for me. I'm going to call you, Tracy. We'll get that thing on Amazon. We'll get it going. And, uh, and it'll, yeah, there you go. I'll be you famous get, you resource. and you can put me on the cover and I'll be sexy too. So I heard you say that. I think, so yeah, Mark, I, I, I think you're already famous. Oh, That's I don't know about that. Way. You know, this is really cool because a lot of people I talk to, and I talk to so many authors and journalists, if you look at the categories that I have under the resources tab on my website, where I break down my guests into different categories, by far mm-hmm. the biggest category, journalists and authors by far. 
It's amazing to me. And I've, I've locked into it with a lot of great publishers who bring me wonderful uh, writers and authors and journalists and all sorts of things. So I love it. And I love books. So I just, you know, I want books to be around forever. They're my favorite, mm-hmm. one of my favorite things. I always say I have such a library that when I can't walk anymore, I can't focus on the computer, <laughs> I'm going to have a whole library to sit back and just enjoy all these books that right. seems I don't have time to do. Let's talk a little bit about an inspirational person or a mentor. Would you share somebody that was a driving inspiration for you, maybe a key mentor that helped you get into this career writing and maybe even relates to cars in some way? Was there someone that was extremely influential? Well, I'll, I'll start for the most recent. I think um, the most recent would be Bev Kimes. Uh, Beverly Ray Kimes was the managing editor of AQ when it first started back in 1962. When I came along then uh, in 2001, she was a great person to bounce things off of. I mean, she she told me stories that was just so um, so inspiring, and and so she was there at the beginning of the publication, and this was now toward her later years, and of course she's passed away. But uh, she was a big inspiration for me because I had to get an idea. I had, I had to get my hands around what AQ actually was. So she um, she actually chastised me one time. I'll tell you, my first feature story in AQ, in AQ, as you know, that's considered long-form journalism. So these stories were 5,000 to 8,000 words long. So they were pretty detailed, very in-depth. You had to be spot on. You had to be accurate on everything. And the... Uh, you know, uh, the, the firing, uh, range, you know, the firing, you know, order of the engines, everything had to be accurate, uh, on these stories. And so it wasn't just the history. It was the actual factual, here is the car and here is what it did. Chassis, you know, everything. So that was a big inspiration for me, uh, in the, the auto side of it. Now going way back, I would say my most important influence was my high school English and journalism teacher. Her name was Ruth Jasugi, and um, I am from a small town in southern Indiana, but our school was was pretty well known for for a lot of things, but uh, she's a Hall of Fame journalist in Indiana. Uh, she's passed away as well. So Ruth, she, yeah, Mrs. Yusugi, she was, uh, she is my mentor, and she started a new class my senior year, and it was a creative writing class. And I was the only student that first year. It's continued ever since. She basically put me in her storage closet next to her room, and there's no windows. <laughs> put okay, you in a closet. <laughs> first, kid you not. First with a computer and uh, first day, first class of the day. So here I was, you know, you're sleepy, you're a high school student, you're in there, and here it is, all dark and damp, and you know, here we are. I had written a novel my sophomore year in high school. It was my first uh, book I wrote. Actually, mm-hmm. it was in high school, and the whole project for that class was for me to generate short stories from that novel. And one of those short stories ended up winning an, an award at Ball State. Nice. Uh, and so she uh, she taught me how to put my nose to the grindstone, you know, and just write. So it was beyond, way beyond just good sentence structure, grammar. Uh, it was, I, I learned that writing was a discipline. I was going to say discipline, yes. Yes. And so that's that was a huge, a huge thing that's always stuck with me. I guess the writer's life is very disciplined and you have to, you do, you have to put your, your nose down. Um, you've got to have a thick skin. You know, there's a lot of rejection at yep. first uh, yep. with a lot of the, 
when you first start writing, especially with magazines, so you're you're pitching ideas to the publishers, the magazines, and it may work, it may not. So you learn early on to, to develop that thick skin. But I think she taught me that uh, way back then. You were fortunate to have her in your life. I'm laughing here because my first job out of college <laughs> was at a small design firm, and it, they had this little office, and they didn't have a place for me to sit. So the guy took the doors off the closet and put my desk in the closet. So I was, <laughs> I literally, I was like you. I was working in a closet facing the wall, and I'm like. Yeah. Geez, is this what adult life is like? I'm going to go back to school. That was a lot more fun than this right. stuff. But um, it all worked out fine in the end. You learned discipline that way. If you were going to advise others, young people perhaps, to go into a career of writing journalism, uh, authoring books and so forth, and publishing books, maybe what's a piece of wisdom you might offer them? Well, writing in general, I would say learn the craft first and then seek out how, how to meet a need. And how, you know how how to fill a niche mm-hmm. because that's what it's all about. It might be with magazines, it may be a book, it may be you know copywriting for uh, an agency. But you, you're you're filling a need, you're you're meeting a need. So when you're on your own, especially which I did for a long time for freelancing, you have to learn how to what what's the trend, what's trending now, and who to approach for that. There, there are books out there, and the, I guess the Bible for freelancers is called The Writer's Market, and it comes out every year. Big old, it's like the Bible for freelancers, and it's a big 600-page book, and it comes out every year. It's online now mainly, but so I learned early on, use that, you know, utilize it. Those pages were rag-torn by the time the year was out, right? <laughs> so you go through, and um, you just uh, you find out what you're good at writing. Uh, I learned early on freelance writing to write what you want to learn. So basically, when I was writing for the trade magazines, I was very interested in landscaping, very interested in small business practices, that sort of thing. So I and there's a million trades out there, right? A million trade magazines, for that matter. So that's how I made my living was writing for the trade. So mm. I want to learn more about. Uh, I enjoy hiking and woods, the forests, and uh, I've always just enjoyed it. But I, I've always, I would always go on a hike, and I'd slow down, thinking, "What's that tree?" Right? So I'm <laughs> identifying things, which is not necessarily a good thing. So I started working for for the hardwood industry, uh, for the the trades there. But I've done a variety, just a ton of different industries, and I always learn something from it. So I could I could take what these you know professional landscape management pros are doing and apply it to my backyard basically and knew what I was doing. Um, the the other thing I would I would say to the younger ones is to to find your voice and stick to it because everyone has their own voice when they write and so you want to find that and that's tricky that's kind of tricky because you just like with everything else we we uh, even with car design we kind of ride on the shoulders of giants as they say right and so we find success in that and it's the same thing with writing there's not a lot of deviation from that because you have to communicate so you have to find out what has worked in the past but everyone still has their own voice so just like everyone still has their own style and uh, so on so uh, and to always improve your craft as well while you're trying to find that voice absolutely we'll take a short break we come back i've got a challenge question for you so keep the seatbelts on could get bumpy we'll be right back i'm honored to say that my charity of choice here at cars yeah is tech force foundation they help young people find an education and career that aligns with their passions 
For those who love cars, problem solving, and working with their hands, a career as a professional automotive technician is the perfect fit for a fulfilling life. We're all wired differently, and not every successful career demands a four-year university. Technical education and the skilled trades matter, and we need qualified skilled technicians to keep our vehicles rolling. Learn more about how you can support tomorrow's driving force and workforce of technicians at techforce.org, like I do here at Cars Yeah. Did you know that Cars Yeah is in the top 1% of all podcasts based on listenership, according to Libsyn, the premier RSS feed for podcasts in the United States. That's right. And Cars Yeah is the only five-day-a-week automotive-focused podcast for you to get your message into the ears of thousands of listeners daily from all over the world. Plus, DuPont Registry recommended Cars Yeah is one of their top 10 car podcasts for you to enjoy. Cars Yeah has experienced tremendous growth, plus your ads are evergreen, meaning they never go away. And more and more listeners find Cars Yeah every day for their daily dose of automotive inspiration. Do you want to expose your brand to a highly targeted list of automotive enthusiasts in a very unique and very personal way? Well, I can help you. Contact me, Mark Green, at mark at carsyad.com or through the website at carsyad.com today to learn more. All right, Tracy, let's talk about a huge obstacle, roadblock, failure, whatever you might want to call it, big challenge, something that got in your way, could be your life, your career, doesn't really matter, but take us on that little trip. But more importantly, what did that experience teach you to help you come out positive on the other end and take those learning lessons forward? Well, we have to go back to AQ, I think, and what happened there. L. Scott Bailey, who was the founder of AQ, had um, was had sold you know, AQ to a gentleman named Jerry Durnell. Jerry Durnell, who I call the old man, but Jerry bought it, and that's when I came on board. Uh, I had been working for Jerry already, and uh, he wanted to to uh, start, you know, to do something different. And so he wanted to revamp AQ, basically, uh, kind of get it up more up to speed uh, as far as you know design goes for the actual book. Uh, there are certain you know design elements there of the magazine that he wanted to change. At any rate, years went on, and when I knew that AQ would be closing its doors uh, after being there for, for nearly 12 years because Jerry, he, he got sick and he, he, he eventually passed away, but we kind of saw this coming. So when I knew it would be closing its doors there, and I was there for, like I say, 12 years, and um, I decided to, I, to go into the full-time freelancing, like I said. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of doing both at the same time. I'm transitioning out, writing for a variety of magazines, mainly the trades. That work, freelance work, started to dry up, mainly due to the after effects of the recession of 08 and 09. Sure, yeah. And, yeah, I mean, it affected way more people than I think people really remember. But uh, it uh, there, there was this... Um, this effect that kind of went on in the publishing world. And so my work started drying up. And so I had to reinvent myself. So I sat down, I thought, what, what else can I do here with, with what I know? And so I became a technical writer. My only experience as a technical writer, even in that general sense, was when we worked at AQ, we worked, we, we had published two Corvette restoration manuals, which are kind of like the Bibles of the, the classic, the C1 and C2 
uh, collectors, you know, the restorers, and very detailed, very the big books. And we were actually working on the C3 manual there at the end, but it uh, it turns out I had a knack for it. And so I worked for a variety of people, including Cummins, at the Department of Defense. Uh, I was churning out standards of work and operations manuals, that sort of thing. And so what I learned here, the big thing was I to always have your head on a swivel, no matter how comfortable you are in your position where you're <laughs> yeah. at, always, always had, I mean, and, and it's not a bad thing. It's just being really self-aware. Uh, so just have your head on a swivel, keep your eyes open for opportunities. I, most people have what headhunters call transferable skills. So no matter what discipline you're in, if you want to, change careers. A lot of people do. Uh, mine wasn't, uh, it's kind of hard, you know, hard to describe the, 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 the switch up there. But for me, it was a big, it was a big switch because suddenly I'm writing things that a lot of people just frankly don't read. Right. Sure. These are, yeah, technical uh, these manuals. Are manuals. Yeah. I already know this. Yeah, I don't have to right. read this. this is, I just electrocuted myself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I can put that together. Sure. Yeah. No problem. So, uh, Especially men. Yeah. <laughs> Right, yeah. exactly. So we know anyway, but um, yeah, so I'm I'm writing that boring stuff, but you know the pay was great, and so I just got better and better at it. So yeah. I did that for for a while, but so yeah, that was a big thing. I mean, it was when AQ closes doors. I thought I'd be there till I retired, really, and um, and then of course he got sick, and uh, and we we had a couple of potential buyers, but it just it just didn't work out with the family, the Durnells, and it just didn't work out. So I knew I knew that was coming because I was I was in a few of those meetings, and so I um, I just uh, had to have a new strategy. Well, it's a great lesson for everybody. If you are feeling super comfortable, danger, Will Robinson. <laughs> That's not a good place to be in your career because everybody's replaceable. Virtually everyone, really. If you think about it. I mean, even you think yeah. of the biggest movie star ever, they can go find another one. So, uh, you know, if they don't like you or whatever. So, uh, yeah, you dropped some real value bombs there. Is there a big item in your bucket list of something you'd still like to accomplish in your life? Yeah, there's that. Well, there's there's a couple. <laughs> there's more than a couple. This uh, we only have time for so much. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm 52 years old, so I've got I've got some time here. You're right? a youngster. I'm a youngster, and. As a writer, I mean, do writers really ever retire? I don't know. You know, Hemingway never retired, right? Right. Steinbeck never retired. Of course, you know, they drink themselves to death and die early. <laughs> yeah, but maybe they should have. That's beside the point, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? But anyway, yeah, near term, uh, I think my my bucket list, my near term, this is just in its very embryonic stage. I've been talking with uh, with some folks. And we're connecting. I've been wanting to do a book on Chuck Jordan for a while. Mm-hmm. It's been hanging over my head for some time. It's, it's a book that w- will be a natural follow-on to the book I wrote on Harley Earl. That was my second book I wrote was on the Harley Earl era of, of GM design. Mm-hmm. And carrying it forward from Earl and Bill Mitchell through Chuck's tenure, there's a lot of people still around, a lot of designers that work for both Mitchell and, of course, Jordan. And so I talked with uh, with Mark Jordan, who that's his, is, his son, was, right? Yes, his son, and he was, you know, Mark. Uh, Mark was key for designing the Miata, Mazda Miata, if you recall. Mm-hmm. So it kind of runs in the family. So yeah. anyway, uh, so Mark and I have been in touch, and uh, yeah, it looks like we're we're going to get that going. So there's a lot of of renderings that's never been seen before. I know GM archives; they're kind of. Um, they have expressed interest in getting those uh, 
up in Detroit to Detroit, and uh, Mark's kind of held off. So there's there's a just a vast vast reservoir of stuff that Mark has. So I'm like, oh man, perfect. So uh, that's my near term bucket list. Mm-hmm. Uh, long long term uh, is I I think I want to teach writing. I've I've taught writing in the past to adult learners and. So um, that's always been a thing of mine uh, to teach at a college at the college level, and um, I think it becomes more and more important to give back, leave something behind as time passes. And that's a big thing that's on my mind right now is uh, is kind of you know prepping myself for that, you know, get the advanced degree going forward, and uh, just passing that on. Very cool. Yeah, Chuck Chuck Jordan, he was kind of the the tail fin guy, you know, the post-war tail fin guy at GM. Uh, did some amazing design work there, and he's one of those names that unless you're really deep into it, you, you know, everyone, not everyone, but most people heard of Harley Earl, Bill Mitchell, uh, but Chuck mm-hmm. Chuck was, I, I don't know, I think from a design standpoint, pretty special guy, so there's got to be a, a great... Oh, yeah. Great story there, and uh, yeah. now his son, his son Mark, is still with us, right? He's still alive. And oh yeah, he, yeah. he's out in California. Actually, maybe he may live near you. I'm not sure where you're located. Well, I used to uh, be in, in California. Cali- I used to be in California. Actually, his dad lived in Rancho Santa Fe, which was real near where I lived in Del Mar, uh-huh. uh, California. Okay. And I believe that's he passed away back in 20. 2010 or something like that, maybe 10, 11 years uh-huh. ago, something like that. But yeah. Um, yeah, well, sounds like some very good bucket list items coming down the road for you. Right. Well, let's talk about a special vehicle in your life. This could be a first car or a car you've owned, or maybe it's something you aspire to own. Uh, what is that? And tell us a little bit about it. Oh, boy, what do I aspire to own? I was, <laughs> let's not even get into that. The whole glorious thing about working at AQ for that long was that you never you you were always driving the new cars okay so we were on the we're on the circuit right so we were with the other people getting getting the the new cars to test drive um we probably only wrote uh maybe three or published three or four articles that had kind of side by sides because AQ was the history channel for the automotive mags right so if we got the new jaguar off the off the line, we would have to do comparison tests, and we'd have to get a a classic Jag and and, and you know compare the drive with the new one. And, you know, it's a little difficult, you know. Sure. But we drove a lot of really great cars, and so we're real blessed with that. So, but I'll tell you, uh, <laughs> I won't tell you about my first car. That was a disaster. But I'll tell you about there's one time back in the 90s and i had a first early 90s i had a first generation ford taurus sho back in 91 and i love that car and it had a you know a deep green exterior tan leather inside throughout very fast and i've always loved driving fast but with what it had a you know the first generation only had manual transmission and it was just uh i became really really addicted to speed with that thing it was so easy to drive. And so, um, and, you know, like I say, I'm in restaurants at the time. So I'd get out of the stores late at night sometimes. And I would, and so nobody's out on the road. This is Bloomington, Indiana. And so I'd take that SHO to the longest, straightest stretches of road I could find and flat out fly in that thing. And the handling was great too, by the way. It wasn't just, you know, so it's, um, uh, it, it, it's the same adrenaline rush that you get when you ski, when, when you do you know, downhill skiing, sure. I did a, you know, a lot of that back 
uh, in those days especially. And then once I started uh, especially getting into the cars with AQ, it was, you just couldn't get enough of it. So you just <laughs> you knew how to drive. We went to, you know, we'd go to Pocono Raceway and, and we'd test out the cars and around the track. And, and they put us up in, up into the Indy 500, uh, up at the Speedway in Indianapolis. And we'd he'd take us to the infield. So we'd be, you know, doing the F1 thing, going through there and see these new cars. And I'd always think back to that that SHO. And I had not near as much experience as the other journalists that with car and driver, road and track, and these guys have been, you know, they were scary. They were scary to ride with some of these guys, yeah, okay? I'll bet. But they were, they, they could handle it. But um, Cool. Very yeah, cool. Yeah. yeah, those are great yeah. cars. Well, I'm going to get in your head a little bit here, Tracy. If you woke up tomorrow and you were manifest as a vehicle, this isn't what you want to be. This is your attributes, your personality. Manifest in a vehicle what would you be? <laughs> That's a great question. I, I would want to be a Ferrari. Well, wouldn't we Probably all? Probably Testarossa. <laughs> but, but that's not the question. If I were a car, I think I'd be a Camaro SS and not a Corvette necessarily because I'm not that sleek. Yeah, I'd probably be a Camaro. If you ever, uh, even the new ones, whenever you want to go faster, I'm always wanting to go faster than I should. <laughs> sure. <laughs> as much. As, for, as much for the rush as the sound of the pipes, right? And just look as aggressive looking parked in the driveway as it is going down the road. There are, there are a lot of cars that look like they're moving when they're parked. Right. And uh, so that's one of them. Yeah. And at least I, I could think I was the coolest kid on the block. So there you go. <laughs> there you go. I love it. <laughs> well, this is something near and dear to your heart. Books. Uh, is there a book or two you'd like to recommend that our listeners today enjoy? Oh, boy. Um, you know, any book, I'll say this outside of the automotive realm, but any book by by Ernest Hemingway, read it, especially in the art of writing and just storytelling and story reading. He is the master of efficient writing. So Hemingway, any of them. On the car front, one of the best automotive history books I've read is, is Griff Borgeson's book on E.L. Cord. He wrote this huge book on Cord and, of course, you know, Cord, uh, he owned... Um, you know, ACD, mm-hmm. you know, Auburn Core Duesenberg, and just a fascinating character. And this guy was just out of, he was just the epitome of the entrepreneur of the day back in the 30, in the 20s and 30s. I mean, self-made man, Auburn, Indiana. So I had some, you know, familiarity before I read the book. But when I re- once I read it, I'm like, just incredible. So, so detailed. We published that at AQ and it's one of the most detailed work, works I've ever read. And, of course, Bev Kimes' book on Packard is also one of the best. So if you want to get into automotive history, I mean, those are the books that, I mean, really, really pick it apart. Hemingway, yeah. Uh, you know, it's interesting. There was an app that it may be still out there that you can use. It's called the Hemingway app. And you apply a paragraph to this app and it changes it to less words because Hemingway could say so much with less. No yeah. kidding. Yeah. Efficiency. Huh. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's still out there or not, but I used to use it a long time ago because uh, I used to do a lot of writing for product writing and so forth. And how can I condense this? Cause we had page counts we had to deal with, but very cool. We're going to take one more break. We come back. I'm going to take you on the ultimate drive. So keep the seatbelts on. We'll be right back. I've discovered linkage. It's a new quarterly publication and website that covers the automotive market Driving, restoring, collecting, and discovering your passion for motor vehicles. Linkage is about experiences, opinions, and values. 
Linkage is an actual informed, reasoned opinion based on first-hand experiences. A talented Linkage team covers the automotive world, the people who share your passion and mine, smart, considered, rational, and experienced opinions, ones you can learn from and grow. That includes our passion that drives auctions and the collector car market. So come with me and join us on this journey. Join Linkage. Linkage, geared for the automotive life. Subscribe today at LinkageMag.com. And be sure to use the code CARSYEAH when you check out, and they'll give you $10 off your subscription at LinkageMag.com. All right, I have a magic scepter. There's a reason I used that word, because I know she's listening, and I know that she put us together today, Tracy, uh, Joan Gladel <laughs> Kramer, yeah. and the book she wrote about the magic scepter. I always just say the magic wand. I think I'm going to change it, uh, Joan, to the magic yeah. scepter. I like that better. I sound much, <laughs> more, much more sophisticated. So I'm going to wave my magic scepter, and I'm going to provide you with the ability to go on the ultimate drive. You get to pick the car, the person you're with, living or deceased, and whether you or this guest of yours would be driving the car, and what would you be talking about? So- who would it be? Wow. What would it be? Where would that's, it be? Oh man, that's that's so difficult. It of course, truly is. Why um, would I make questions easy? That's way too simple. <laughs> but no, I you know who I would love to be uh, riding with Juan Manuel Fangio. Oh, there you go, Fangio. Yeah, I mean, what what a character this guy was, and yeah, so it'd be him for sure. We would be driving, I think. You know, it, it of course. Any Ferrari he ever drove, I'd want to ride with him in. But I think the one I'd want to be in would be the Maserati 250F, mm. okay, which is the car that he was in when he won the 57 German Grand Prix. And that was the fastest that he had raced, he said, at the time. And he would probably never, ever do that again. <laughs> and it was this fantastic race. You know, he would be driving. I'd be just clutched on for dear life, <laughs> yeah, right? Like, and we would go. I mean, I don't know. I'd love to have him just take me through Argentina, his homeland, right? And uh, show me the, the roads. And, uh, yeah, so nice. that's that's the one. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, that sounds pretty pretty darn cool. Yeah, hold on. That would be my word yeah. of uh, encouragement. I got to meet him very briefly at Laguna Seca. He really? Was, yeah, before he passed, he was the featured years ago. He was the featured famous driver to be there. And I remember I stood in line forever with a poster. I still have it that he signed. Got Very to, cool. Got to Very shake cool. his hand, yeah. you know. And, and uh, uh-huh. back then we didn't have all these camera phones to take pictures. I always wish I could have gotten a picture with him. But yeah, definitely yeah. a legend in his own time and continuing now uh, with the history of that guy. So very cool. Sounds like. Oh. A, you know, and, and, and yeah, just sorry, but, you know, there was a, I mean, there was a time. He's got such an interesting history uh, outside of racing, even, and he was so popular. When when they um, there's a Cuban, and I'm trying to remember the race, but there was a race. Uh, they may have tried to do the Grand Prix in Cuba, mm-hmm. something crazy, back in the day, right? But Castro arranged for Fonjo to be kidnapped. Oh yeah, yeah. that's a famous yeah. story. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like I would want to talk to him about that because you know he stayed friends with his captors afterwards. He's like, hey, if it helps the cause, whatever, <laughs> whatever. you know. Yeah. He's he's South American, you know what I mean? So 
Yeah, it's just interesting. He's just got all these stories, but uh, he he'd be fun. Yeah, that is a that is a crazy story. I mean, that just was nuts. <laughs> yeah, was, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness! Well, you've taken us on a really wonderful drive here today. This has been a lot of fun. I wonder if you could, uh, before I let you go, uh, share a parting word or two of wisdom or guidance for our listeners. Maybe a success quote or a mantra. Yeah, you had uh, asked me what the mantra is in my. I have a personal mantra it's called Vincit Omnia Veritas, which is Latin for truth overcomes all. Mm. And truth always wins, and it always does. And you, whether it's outright or when it takes time to bubble to the surface, it always comes. Mm. And as a journalist, the goal is to always seek the truth, even if you may not see it in in, in the mainstream today. But that, that's yeah, I was going to say, could we point. could we bring that back, please? Please, could we right, bring that please, back? Because I don't, I think they please. they twisted some of those Latin words around, meaning fakeness oh. <laughs> overcomes all or falseness oh, overcomes all. Yeah, it's yeah, pretty sad. Concrete, right? Yeah, pretty yeah. bad. But uh, but the goal is is always seek the truth, and the, even if you're simply writing about, say, like a Concord winner, okay, and in that case. You better get the pedigree and chassis number right, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. You better. And so I guess my advice about business and life is, you know, just do the right thing, seek the truth. And there, there's a – I listened to um, this guy named Jordan Peterson. I'm not sure if you ever heard of him. but oh, he's a, I love him. Yeah, I've got his books. Oh, he's got yeah. A new, he's got a new book yeah. that's out now. My son gave me his book, The 12 Rules of Life, and uh, he's got a new, oh, one, yeah, yeah. a new one out now. Yeah. Now, I, I really like – I like him. Yeah, he's he's yeah, become he's a great. bit controversial, but I think it's for all the wrong reasons. If you really listen to what he does, he's all about oh, self-improvement yeah. and how to be yeah. a better person. And yeah. somehow somebody's, yeah. you know, again, the fake news people have twisted all that around and tried to make him kind of this evil guy. It's, it's sad to me no, because he's he's uh, amazing. And the pain he's gone through in his life and his daughter, the health issues have been oh, significant. Yeah. I mean, just yeah. mind-blowing. And he's a... Yeah. And he's on the tail end of that, and so, but he's back. Um, but one one thing he said once really stuck with me about as it pertains to this. He says, you know, even if you don't know what the right thing is, at least don't do the wrong thing. You know, <laughs> that's pretty. That's pretty, pretty simple, good. pretty basic so, stuff. What are the many ways people can learn more about you and keep up with you, learn more about your business? Uh, well, I'm on LinkedIn and Facebook. A lot of people will uh, have will just Google Tracy Powell books. Um, or Tracy Powell Writer, but I have a website. It's tracewriter.wordpress.com. So it's tracewriter.wordpress.com, and that's where I pretty much keep um, keep things up to date there. I'll make sure I put links to all these on Tracy's show notes page so you can find him, follow along with him, and uh, you're ready to write a book. Here's a guy who can help you. One of these days, I think I'm going to give you a call. Maybe you can help me get that Good. book written. It's kind of eating away at the back of my head. I'm not quite ready for it yet, but uh, yeah. <laughs> maybe one of these days. And another big shout out to our mutual friend, Joan Cladel uh, Kramer. She was a guest on the show here. Wonderful lady. Great show. And a designer, of course, uh, in the automotive field. The first GM designer, woman. GM designer to work on the outside of cars. She had a fascinating story mm. last month as part of my Women's Car Month here on Cars. Yeah, Tracy, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your world with us today. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Well, Mark, thank you so much. I appreciate it. It's really been a pleasure. Pleasure's all mine. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars. Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. 
Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah! Yeah!